athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Beloved, I play 48 minutes on a tour meniscus. Who's subbing? El Chico Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. March Madness is in full effect. I've got my bracket online on our website. You can check it out there. And, you know, this was... um. Interesting, it's a little bit tougher, I think, for me anyway, uh, to sort of make my picks. And we'll talk more about the uh, March Madness, the Division I men's tournament, which is hot and heavy. I think the first question that has to be asked as it relates to the men's tournament, is this Gonzaga's season, is this Gonzaga's season to win it up? We looked at Gonzaga last year. Gonzaga, number one overall seed coming into the tournament, loses in another national championship game last year to Baylor. So if I'm counting correctly, that means two national championship games that Gonzaga has gotten to and lost both. Is the third time the charm for Gonzaga? We'll ultimately see, I think, when you look at the team that Gonzaga had on last year with Respert and all of those guys. This is a this is a talented team against a field, particularly out of the West, that is, I mean, more than winnable. Like Gonzaga should definitely come out of the West, should be in the Final Four. Although I would say that Duke is in the West as well. And the question that I would ask uh, with respect to Duke is this. Can Duke get it done? In other words, maybe at least making a Sweet 16 appearance. You've got to be able to move on, hopefully at least to an Elite Eight, and then ultimately could Duke win it all. I mean, I think when you look at Duke, I mean, I think it has as much talent as anybody has. Uh, but again, the Blue Devils haven't always lived up to the talent. And you got to look at this when you're talking about Duke. Coach K's last year, and you're, you're that team that, A, lost the last game of the season of Mike Krzyzewski's career as a head coach at Cameron Indoor. You're that team, okay? So that was, that was uh, right before, that was, po- that was still postseason play, but that was phase one because you have four phases. Really five, I guess, if you look at preseason, meaning, your exhibition games, and then your non-conference games. You have your conference games, and Duke's, uh, with respect to Duke, you have the ACC games. Then you have the tournament, or in Duke's case, the ACC tournament, and then you have the 
the men's tournament or the Division I men's tournament. And, I mean, yeah, very uh, pretty solid, uh, good, actually, regular season. But you don't want to be that team to lose to Carolina, Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor, then lose in the ACC championship game to Virginia Tech, a team that hadn't even made a an ACC tournament appearance before, let alone winning an ACC championship. So you want to be able to send Coach K out on the right foot. So I think Duke is a team that's hungry. Those players are hungry. They don't want to be that team that is responsible for the trifecta in Coach K's last year. Losing to Carolina at Cameron Indoor in the last game of the season, losing in the ACC championship game, and then not uh, at least getting, I would say, to the Elite Eight in the Division One tournament. So a lot of bracket talk. Again, I'll ask the question. I mean, when you look at some of the seedings, I mean, were there some programs that were left out? Probably not many uh, this year. Were there some puzzling kind of seedings? Eh, I mean, maybe a few. But I think all in all, I think the committee did a, a, a solid job. And I do think, and I would love to see, I would love to see Gonzaga win the national championship. I got to be honest, and I think I may have even said this last year when Gonzaga lost in that championship game to Baylor. I, I thought the window for Gonzaga in terms of winning that championship game uh, had closed and possibly winning a national championship. You're losing, you know, Respert. You're losing Jalen Suggs. You're losing a lot of talented players, and you got to try to get it done again this year. I, for, I mean, in a lot of respects, college basketball, I man, especially, I mean, I think the, I think one of the measuring sticks for college basketball is how good is the ACC, right? The ACC wasn't very good this year at all, uh, really, okay? Not very good at all this year compared especially to previous years. I mean, I look at some of these teams. I mean, I look at Houston, right? Like, I think Houston's got a, you know, had a really good season. I thought Memphis had a, you know, a pretty solid season. It beat Houston twice during the season out of that American Conference and lost ultimately in the AAC championship uh, tournament championship game. Uh, but there were some really good teams uh, this year. I mean, you can look at, you know, a Vermont and some of these teams, a Chattanooga, right? Like, there were some really good teams. I thought the ACC was definitely down this year. And I think that this is the year that Gonzaga can ultimately get it done. Again, you can check out our website to check out my bracket. So a lot going on, right? I talked about uh, the uh, the NCAA tournament. We can talk about the National Football League. I mean, free agency is is uh, is up and, and really, really going, uh, right? Like, you look at one of the – I mean, there have been some significant moves, right? But – you know, especially for our listeners on WGBN in Pittsburgh, how are you feeling right now about Mitchell Trubisky being part of the mix at quarterback? Like the old saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, or in this case, three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I mean, you've, you know, I mean, I think the 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 pickings at the quarterback position for 
uh, the Steelers ultimately not very good, right? So you now bring in Mitchell Trubisky, and what makes Mitch Trubisky any better, right? Like you've got Mason Rudolph, you've got Dwayne Haskins there, and now you have Mitch Trubisky. What I mean, but I like Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky over the two quarterbacks or the two aforementioned uh, quarterbacks. And when you look at Mitchell Trubisky, he's had, you can say what you want, you can say what you want, he's had some success in the National Football League. Look at the record. We want to judge quarterbacks, right, by how great they are when they win. And so we need to, and how bad they are when they lose. So when they have a winning record, when they've made playoff appearances, we got to judge them that way as well. I think Mitchell Trubisky had a chance to sit back for a year and watch, uh, mostly in Buffalo, right? So now I think he's ready to rock and roll, take the the, the reins uh, with the Steelers. Now, whether he'll be a great quarterback, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, he's got to be better than Rudolph and Haskins, no? Your thoughts, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I, fans. I know we have them all over the country that listen to the program, and more specifically to our fans uh, in Pittsburgh that listen, or to our listeners, I should say, that listen to us on WGBN in uh, Pittsburgh. A couple of things, a couple of other things I want to talk about, and actually joining us today here on the program, so All-American Homecoming, right? Like, are you guys familiar with the show All-American that comes on CW? Well, All-American Homecoming is a spinoff of that program. And we're going to have a chance, okay, and I'm really, really excited about um, the guest. Corey Hardrick, right? Corey Hardrick plays the role, he plays a baseball coach at a fictional HBCU in the program All-American Homecoming. So Corey Hardrick going to join us today here on the program. And I'm going to tell you what, All-American is a really, really good program. All-American Homecoming as the spinoff really talks more uh, about the, it, 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 um, uh, does it, it, it's a different, a little bit of a different cast. I mean, you have some, uh, lap, you know, some, uh, some overlap, uh, if you will, with cast members uh, from All-American and then All-American Homecoming, but it's basically a whole new cast. Every now and again, you'll have a cast member from All-American that will appear on All-American Homecoming, but it's a whole new cast. It dives into the life of HBCUs and HBCU sports and all that goes along with that. Some of the stuff we talk about every week on this program as we've done for over 16 years. So I am very excited to talk with Corey Hardrick on the program today to get his thoughts on playing uh, the role that he plays as the baseball coach for the fictional university, the fictional HBCU, which is actually located in Atlanta. Looks a lot, has a lot of the same colors that Morehouse has. Uh, But anyway, we'll talk a little bit more um, about that. So also, Fred Jones, who uh, his company SHSMC has put on the um, the Southern Heritage Classic for many, many years. Well, guess what? SMC is suing Jackson State and the SWAC and to a larger degree, 
the state of Mississippi as well. And I'm going to tell you why and have some more thoughts about that as well. Up next here on the program, as promised, actor Corey Hardrick. Renaissance is the new Renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www. Marjorie's Beef Jerky dot com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky dot com. Yeah, that's right. Cause that's the way we roll. Now back to from the press box to press row with Donald Ware. Broken glass in the hallway, bloodstained floors, neighbors, look at every bag you bring through your doors, lock the top lock, mama should have cuffed me to the radiator, why not, it might have saved me later from my block. They're going to come here on the program, actor Corey Hardrick, going to join us. Speaking of New York, as a matter of fact, telling you about Radio Boss. More information on Radio Boss, log on to radio-boss.com. Had a chance to catch up with DJ Scratch and RZA, their new project. Saturday afternoon, Kung Fu Theater is out now. And this was the exchange that myself and RZA had on last week about the New York Knicks. Okay. R- RZA, I got to be honest with you, man. Listen, the, the, I mean, I know not yeah. for you since you a Knicks fan. The Knicks 
for the way that the Knicks are playing are on national TV way too much. We talk way too much about the Knicks. I know it's New York. I get it. We talk way too much about the Knicks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what, though? Listen, it's the, look, we got the biggest antenna in the country on our building. <laughs> right. <so>. right. <laughs> we get the we get the. We get to control the signal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I can't even, yo, I can't even be mad at you for because you're absolutely right with that, you know. But, but you know, the last couple of last couple of games have been playing some decent ball, though. Oh, uh, look, no, don't count us out, man. You know what I mean? Don't count, never count, count us out. You know, we we definitely, you know, the team makes it to the playoffs. So many, I mean, more playoffs than probably any other team in franchise history, far as playoffs. But we just gotta. We just got to get over those humps and get that and get to get one of those rings back, man. We haven't had a ring. We, we, I think we, I think our ring is so old that uh, they changed the metal they use. <laughs> hey, Beck, but, yo, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but no, look, I love the Knicks. I'm, I'm proud of the Nets. Somebody was arguing the other day about the Knicks and the Nets, and I was like, look, I'm putting Knicks first because the Nets used to be across the bridge, all right. So now they now they in Brooklyn, so we come feeling that love. But they was New Jersey at first, yo. You know what I mean? When I was a kid. Um, but with Kevin Durant on that team, I think it's a blessing. It's a blessing for the whole city. So let's let's start there. Chopping it up with the one and only RZA, and that entire conversation with RZA and DJ Scratch can be heard at radio-boss.com. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We are joined by a gentleman. As a matter of fact, he plays the role of Coach Marcus Turner on All-American Homecoming. But look, you've seen him in American Sniper, All Eyes on Me, Gran Torino on TV in the Shy. And by the way, All-American Homecoming each Monday on the CW, 9 p.m., 8 central, as Corey Hardrick joins us here on Box to Row. Corey's good to... Uh, see and talk with you. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I love the introduction. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Man, I love the introduction. Can, hey, you, can you sell it to me so I can keep it for now? It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Hey, look, when you've done some of the things you've done, that's how I mean, you, we got it. We got to do it that way. You know what I mean? Really appreciate you and salute to you as well, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. So let me start here. As I mentioned, Marcus Turner, he's the head baseball coach at Brinkston University, which is a fictional HBCU. Looks a lot to me. You know, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Looks a lot to me like Morehouse. It's got the Morehouse colors, right? It's in Atlanta, right? So, but who is Coach Turner? Tell us who Coach Turner is. Wow. I would say Coach Coach Turner, he's he's full of tough love, you know, on these kids. And uh, he, he just wants the best out of them. He knows that the real world is tough. He's just going beyond sports and beyond possibly get into the majors. He's just like, I want these black men, first of all, to grow out in this world and just be great role models, be great examples. And he's just trying to instill all those principles just to be strong in this world because he knows that they're going to be faced with a whole bunch of adversities and obstacles in the world. And he's trying to make sure that they have the right tools as they leave school. That's that's my whole thing. And, um, you know, I would say all these kids are like my sons because I treat them like that. And uh, he, I mean... I, like I said, I want the best for them because I love them and I want them to succeed. And that's who Coach Turner is. He's tough, man. No question. It's a spinoff of homecoming in his matter of uh, All-American, that is. And as a matter of fact, in the last season of All-American, there was a specific show 
uh, All American called Homecoming, which was a prelude to this series. And, you know, the baseball program was in some trouble then. It's still, in a, in a lot of respects, uh, in, in trouble. Kind of speak to sort of, you know, sort of that dynamic and some of the background with respect to the Brinkston University baseball program. Yeah, well, we're dealing with a program that's kind of like it's underfunded. You know, HBCUs, we never they never get the proper resources and a proper funding to carry out these programs, but they always want to, you know, get the best out of their players. And sometimes, you know, most of the time HBCUs, we you, you do give them that. For example, um, when we were filming, like our field had potholes in it for real. You know what I'm saying? Like when we're filming, they were like, oh, this is just like how HBCUs couple of the guys went to HBCU, said it's like that. And we still had to go out there and do what we have to do, cover the holes up. And with Professor uh, Zeke Allen is what he does is, you know, he wants, he wants what's best. I'm sorry. That's my No, it's all right good. Here. That's great. It's good stuff. Hey, baby. He wants what's best. <laughs> hey, honey. Daddy's. Okay. All right, baby. <laughs> So what, what happens is Coach Zeke Allen, he only cares about money, which most of these professors and institutions do. I care about the players. And um, you'll see as the show progress and unfolds that we're at odds. We don't see the same, you know, we're not eye to eye with things. And, um, you know, um, and that's what makes it for good entertainment as well, because it's a slice of real life. And um, like I said, I'm blessed just to be a part of it as well. Yeah, when you get into this role or any role you do, I, I, I found it interesting. And I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe I may be reading too much into it, but you said we as if you are Marcus Turner, right? Like, so do you, you get into the role in, or any role you play like that, right? Like you're deep into it. I'm deep. I'm, I feel like all the way down from how I wear my shoes, like the socks, my, my wardrobe to the haircut. I got the old school flat top. As you can see, because that old school flat top, we all had that coach back in the day. When you saw that hairstyle, you know, he, he didn't play. You know, he'll put, his, he'll put your foot in your behind. So right. I knew if I was to get that aggressive style, they know he means business. You know what I'm saying? So the words just come out natural from that point on. But um, Coach Marcus, I watched a lot of YouTube. I watched a lot of Deion Sanders. Um you know, I watched Remember the Titans several times uh, over uh, Denzel. So I just want to make sure, you know, that I'm, I'm coming in showing leadership, showing strength, and just trying to get the best out of him. But I mean, you know, I mean well. You know, he has a good heart as well. My intentions are pure. That's what I wanted Coach Marcus Turner to be and who he is. Interesting dynamic between your character and Coach Turner and Damon Sims, who is a yeah. major league prospect, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you, I go back to that pilot series uh, during All-American, yeah. um, you know, but talk about that because, you know, you, you guys have, again, this interesting relationship, but that culminated Monday night show with him putting together like this PlayStation thing and your character, Coach Turner, was like, hey, I'm down with it. Let's get rolling, you know, as a as a as a team building type, type of thing. Right. It builds camaraderie. It bring it, it builds team morale just to show them that coach has a light side, too. You know, and that caught people off guard because, you know, it feels like I'm hollering out, you know, in every episode. He's just mean, but he's just trying to get his point across. And that's the only way he knows how, even though he means well. So I felt like when I was able to get in with the team and play video games, it's so, OK, coach is just like us. You know what I'm saying? He's one of us. And that makes the players kind of embrace coach more. You know what I'm saying? Coach is fun, but at the same time, they know he means business. 
Um, but yeah, me and Damon Sims, the relationship with us is, um, you know, he's, he's a young hothead from Chicago star player. You know, he could have went to the MLB decided on HBCU baseball, which, you know, he's, you're going to find out if he's regretting that later on, but you know, he, he, he goes back and forth with what he could have been, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we we're counting on him to come through for us and to still keep the winning um, attitude, keep his mentality good so we can still win and have a, have a um, thriving program. So, and um, we'll see if he continue to do that, but um, that's where our, our thing comes into play. I'm just trying to get him on the right track. Corey Hardrick plays the role of coach Marcus Turner in all American homecoming on CW's Mondays at 9 PM, eight central as he joins us here on botch to row how much involvement i'm at you may be an hbcu guy i don't know but how much involvement are you an hbcu guy how much did you know about hbcus prior to this role i can say i didn't know much i'm I'm gonna be honest with you and then um you know i feel ignorant for saying that but that's the truth um so what i did was i started doing a lot of different research and watching all the greats who went to hbcus uh i even digged up denzel's commencement uh the speech he did for uh, i believe it was dillard at an hbcu and uh it was so moving i was just like wow hbcus have like this power that no one really taps into on a whole and i feel like it goes unnoticed and missing um just in the world of just college you know and it should be you know given more respect you know of hbcu so i really was just like it would be an honor to be a part of it to just bring excellence, especially black excellence to, you know, HBCUs through the show and what I can do to contribute to it, to make it grow. And then I started, you know, just, just, just studying up on it more and reading more about it and who all went to HBCUs. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is amazing, you know, just to see. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm very happy that I'm, I'm being more knowledgeable of it now. No question. I think one of the interesting things about it, as I look at the cast, particularly of the baseball players, you know, you look at, you know, there's a lot of black players, there's Latino players, white players, and that's what makes up a lot. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes those that don't know HBCUs think, okay, well, it's all black players. Uh, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you, you will find more black players on HBCUs the further you go south, but it's a good makeup of what HBCUs are in terms of the guys that are on this team at Brinkston. Yeah. I mean, it's the real world. I mean, anybody can go to an HBCU, you know what I'm saying? So it just doesn't have to be just confined to just the black athlete. And that's what we're showing as well. You know, HBCUs can be a top, top, not top notch programs, just like division one, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and those are diverse. So you can make HBCUs diverse and you still can get the best out of your players um far as academic wise far as sports wise on a national scale and that's what we're all trying to do just even the playing field you know and just get the respect that we rightfully deserve with hbcu so um i think it's coming and it's Deion sanders like he's changing that you know all these recruits are going to jackson state it's a beautiful thing to see and they're you know other hbcus are starting to um get highlighted as well so we've got Corey hardrick here on the program more of the conversation with Corey after this small pause for the cause.
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for Black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest of them all. And and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you can get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business, and Sam, you had the illustrious school of business, and then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a uh, black college, something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Winston-Salem State, where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. He called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in the first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. We're back as Corey Hardrick joins us here on the program. Again, All-American Homecoming on CW's Mondays at 9 p.m. 8 Central. Um, you know, one of the things, I mean, to the point, it's a, it's a real show. Like, it touches on a lot of issues. And one of the issues that I like that it touched on uh, Monday night was the uh, NIL, or uh, Name, Image, and Likeness uh, piece. Uh, you know, so, sort of, I mean, I don't know how much you knew about that as well in terms of college athletics, but sort of, sort of give us your thoughts on maybe if you knew about it, where you stand uh, on NIL and if this role and the research you've done has maybe changed your opinion. I wasn't too familiar with the NIL. I wasn't like, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't as educated on it, but then just watching it, you're just like, wow, there's like a whole new world and whole new hold on baby hi honey my baby's got home from school it's you know it's just you walk right over here okay ain't no problem I don't okay, good okay. stuff <laughs> that's real life yeah you see that's real life that's real life man i'm i'm a realist so um but like i say it it's it's always cool to to see something and say i want to educate myself more on that you know what i'm saying with the nil because i had no clue you know I, I i wasn't educated on it and wasn't aware about it but um you know um i will be now <laughs> moving forward um so so yeah yeah uh for what drew you to this role did you have to try for it? Did, did did they say hey we, we you're the perfect uh person um, for this role how, how did that come about well i met with the creator nk who created all american and she was creating this universe and she wanted to create this, this All-American spinoff with HBCUs. And she told me that they were looking for this strong coach, you know, um, who was who was intense, but he meant well. And I was like, wow, that's me. I'm intense. I'm like this with my son. I play ball with him in the backyard. I'll be training him, coaching him till he's crying. But in a, <laughs> but I mean well. I that's the Chicago in me. I got you. And I told her who I was, you know, um, family man and she was like we're looking for that character and she said she was a fan of my work and i and i said thank you so much and she said you know what i'm gonna try to make something happen i'll get back to you and i always have meetings like that and sometimes you just be like oh that ain't you know i'm not gonna hear nothing and then within a few weeks you know she stood on her word and um she came back and it came back with the offer and it was a blessing and i worked five minutes from the house wow 
they, they were talking about shooting this in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, man, I'm, I don't want to leave my family again because that's what I'm used to doing. But when they said they're shooting it close at Warner Brothers, I was just like, oh, this is a blessing. You know, we can shoot it here. I'm close. Um, so, yeah, we just wrapped up the season um, yesterday. And oh. today, end of the first season. So, God willing, we'll get a season, another season. But, you know, um, it was fun. I had, a, I had a great time. It's been a blessing so far. Now, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned being from, from Chicago, the shy. You're, you're part, of, part of that um, TV yes. series. And you've done a lot of things. But what was it like? I mean, I got to know, man. Like, what was it like working with Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino and American Sniper? Like that's Clint Eastwood, man. You know what that's I mean? That's Clint Eastwood, man. That that was that was the best experience I've had from working with a filmmaker because he is so cool and he's like us. He's the real one, man's man, chill, real simple. And it's just like he knows, you know, he he knows like his presence is so felt. Like everyone when he comes on the set, you can hear a needle drop at all times, you know. But he's the coolest, and I felt like. He gave me the best advice I ever had in my career. He would eat lunch with me every day on the set of Gran Torino is when I first met him. And uh, he told me, never worry about what you're going to get. Always show them what you got. So I remembered that for the rest of my career. Don't worry about it. Just go do your thing. Don't worry about nothing else. And he was the same way with Sniper. And I can say that I'm happy that I was a part of his two biggest, highest gross movies of all times at Warner Brothers. They, they, I think both combined gross over like eight nine hundred million and i was a part of them so i always be like wow he hired me and i had to audition for both of them <laughs> off a of tape wow you know so i i salute to mr Eastwood, the living legend for sure for no, the opportunity no doubt about it. a couple of more thoughts again all american homecoming on cw mondays 9 p.m 8 central uh coach marcus turner is played by the one and only Corey hardrick uh, so the Nicki Minaj video, like I didn't even know she had a new video out. Like I watch it, I see my, I see my, my man Tommy, um, uh, from uh, Joseph, yeah, yeah, Power, from Power, um, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me about that, man. How did that come about? Like that video is like oh, nine man. minutes long. I, man, listen, I was chilling at the crib, and uh, Benny Boom, he's a video yeah. and film director cool. as well. He filmed me, and um, I was able to work on All Eyes on Me, the Tupac movie. So he called me, I played Haitian Jack in that. So he called me up, it was like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday and said, I need you for this video in the morning. I was like, a video? I don't do videos. But he told me who it was. He was like, it's Nicki Minaj and Lil Baby. I said, wow, my son loves Lil Baby, right? I was like, I'll be the coolest dad in the world if I go do this, right? <laughs> so they sent me the lines. I looked them over and I, it was a lot of pages. And I was just like, you know what? If I don't know him, I'm a, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm going down there tomorrow. <laughs> where, where do I go? So he ran it by Nikki and Nikki approved. And it was like, you know, they wanted a real actor. And I was just like, man, I'll be honored to, it's an honor to be in it, to work with Nikki, you know, one of the greatest of all times in the rap game. And it turned out well. And it got like a number one video, number one song. So, yeah, we supposed to work together again on some one day. So uh, maybe Nikki will come to homecoming. We talked about that. So, oh, man, that would. That would that would be hey that would really be crazy. Um, now, so family life, right? Like I know your your daughter, like you said, she's just got kind of gotten home from school, and so your yeah. wife Tia Maori Hardrick, <laughs> yeah. we grew up watching her on Sister Sister. I mean, talk talk a little bit about family life 
and and both of you are actors. I mean, you know, that's we're both we're both we're both we're both in it right right now. My wife's upstairs doing some interviews now. She just started her show, third season on uh, Netflix with Loretta Devine called Family Reunion. So this is this is our life, but we also you know we keep our family first, our kids first, and uh, we make everything work. We have um, we have a great uh, support system who helps out a lot, who helps us a lot, you know, with it. And um, family life, man, you saw it. My daughter just came home, and it's just like it's right here. She right there in front of me, you know. <laughs> That's just what it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wouldn't trade it for nothing for the world, man. I love it. I love it. Man, you know what I saw on the on on the humble um, Karen. Like, I don't know, maybe been four or five months ago, came on BET Her, and I watched the whole thing. It was good, man. You were good in that. Thank you, man. I got a little, you know, you, you, you're here to talk about it, but like I said, it's entertainment. I got a Karen who lived next door to me. That's why I took the movie. <laughs> uh, a Ken, whoever, he lived across the street from me. So it's like, it's real life. Yeah. And I was just like, when I read it, I said, wow, this could be cool. And um, the film did what it did, and I had a good time shooting it. And I was just like, you know what? It it brought up a lot of different conversation. What, baby? Oh, Jesus! You want to say hi? Say hi. What? Hello. How are you? Say I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. Okay. Good to see okay. you. <laughs> so That's great. I um I read the script, and I was yeah. just like, all right, art imitates life. I'm gonna do this movie. So yeah. You know, um, and it was, I had a good time. I had a good time doing it, man. So, you know, shout out to everybody in, in the Karen family. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got some projects behind the scenes. And, well, some some stuff you're doing behind the scenes and on camera with Hardcore yes. Films, which is your production company. Yes, I just got that. Um, I have some projects slated for this year, depending on how much time. Watch out, baby. <laughs> depending on how much time I have um, with my hiatus. Um, but we're we're slating projects now. We have three right now that we're slating to go into pre-production um, towards the end of the month. Um, so yeah, they gave. Um, I partnered with a um, a group who were looking to do films with a within a lot low price point range. You know, just films that um, just diversify films for the culture. And it, I always wanted to do movies that I grew up watching. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 poetic justice. The, boys in the hood I, those movies to me like you'll never the last dragon you know like those movies to me like i'll always remember those films and how they made an impact on my life so i said let's bring it back to that and i want to start a company where i can do movies that gives you that feeling again you know it's like that feeling is lost you know so i want to get into that space and um I'm, I'm able to do it right now so it's just a matter of how many i can do before going back to work or which ones i'm going to be in but um it's pretty exciting just to to create and have some ownership of something, you know. Yeah. So you Let's play. See what I can do. Yeah. So you play a baseball coach. Are you? Are you from the shies? You mentioned you're a Cubs fan. You're a White Sox fan. I've always been a Cubs fan. Okay. Always, always been, a, and they were like up north. The, the White Sox are on the south side, but I've always been like a Cubs fan. Some about you familiar with Wrigley Field? Yeah. Well, and been, but yes, very much so. Yeah, like they had like the some about it's like historic. It's old. The seats are still wood, and you know you probably get a splinter if you sit in them. You know, <laughs> but some about that feel of the Cubs is always to me that was like Chicago baseball. It was never like the White Sox. I was like, no, this is this is about the Cubs. You know that hat with the C on it, and I used to always have that hat on because of my name, Corey. So 
Yeah, I grew up a Cubs fan, so it's cool to be a baseball coach now. Yeah, at one time, a hundred-year drought. Of course, they 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 uh, wiped that out with the with the World Series uh, several years ago. Um, Bulls, Bears. I fell off the I fell off the Bulls train when Mike left. You know, okay. I think that was '96. You know, Scotty, all that. I just was like, no more Bulls. Now it's like if I would go into loving the Bulls now, it would be just the bandwagon. They're winning, and I'm from the Chicago. But um, no, I I can't say I'm a Lakers fan now. I've okay. been in LA years. I've been Lakers just because I've been here. You just fell into Lakers. Then I love Kobe and Shaq. You know, you love these Lakers though. These Lakers ain't looking no. too good, Court. <laughs> Let me tell you, we could talk. If I could tell you the truth, you know, Coach always tell you the truth. But we talking sports right now. <laughs> I think they just they messed up. They messed up. You know, they made a few trades. I said, don't do it. Just heal up. Have a good summer off season. Bring back the same team. Switch out a couple. But when you do that whole restructure, and I'm never getting rid of four twenty olds for a thirty some year old. I'm not doing that. I'm keeping it youthful. Yeah. You know, and I was I was disappointed in with, with that. And now it's just like, who knows? Who knows now? So LeBron is he's doing what he can do, but he can only do so much. And AD, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't say nothing bad, but I don't know. <laughs> Well, again, uh, All-American Homecoming each <laughs> airs each Monday, 9 p.m. That is 8 Central Time on the CW. One of the stars of the show right there, Corey Hardrick, joins us here on Box to Row. Corey, great to catch up with you, man. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much, and continued success to you as well. And let's keep it going, brother. I appreciate you. That was a lot of fun with Corey Hardrick, actor Corey Hardrick. Joining us here on the program again, All-American Homecoming, each Monday, 9 p.m. That's 8 Central on CW. Had a lot of great things to say. Um, Really learning that HBCU culture. uh, It's great to see uh, really that program. I think it's a solid, solid program. And, of course, he's got a lot of other things that he's got going on as well. Is Deion Sanders' mouth writing checks that Jackson State can't cash? I'll tell you more and give my thoughts next. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see... That's the way we roll. So come place an order at marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 888-789-5043. 
We're back here on the program. Earlier in the show, we had actor Corey Hardrick plays the role of Coach Marcus Turner on All-American Homecoming. Had a great conversation with Corey Hardrick. You can relive that conversation beginning the first part of next week on our website. So check it out. We'll have uh, that conversation on the website. So I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk uh, about the situation. And I've been monitoring the situation between or with respect to the Southern Heritage Classic and Jackson State initially saying that it was going to forego playing in the Southern Heritage Classic. This was back in January. Then it was modified to say that Jackson State would play in 2022 and not fulfill the contract that apparently there's a con- I haven't seen the contract, okay, but uh, but apparently there is a contract in place between SMC. SMC is the company that manages the Southern Heritage Classic. It is owned by Fred Jones. Uh, Fred Jones, uh, and I'm going to tell you, this Southern Heritage Classic is off the chain. Like I, the last year I went was 2009, but my first year was 2008. It's absolutely phenomenally put on uh, by Fred Jones and his company. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I'm a, I don't know that Fred Jones is still, I think he may still be a part owner or minority owner with the Memphis Grizzlies. Done a, does a great job in the Memphis community, does a great job with the Southern Heritage Classic and has done that for in excess of 30 years. So I, when I, when that, when the news first broke about that, I was like, okay. And then when Jackson state said it was going to go back, I said, okay. Um, you know, for the one year, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But not understanding the parameters of the contract that in fact, there was still a three year agreement as it relates to this contract, meaning that Jackson state and Tennessee state are supposed to play in the Southern heritage classic in Memphis, not only in 2022, but also 2023, 2024. So what has come out a little bit more recently? And, you know, I, you know, Deion Sanders has said a lot of different things uh, during his time as the head football coach at Jackson State. Some that I have agreed with, a lot that I have not agreed with at all. And apparently he went on a podcast and talked about um, Jackson State and its intentions to uh, to not fulfill its obligation in the Southern Heritage Classic. And I'm I'm looking at the report on Football Scoop, okay, that quoted some of um, uh, uh, Coach Sanders' comments uh, about the Southern Heritage Classic and how, uh, you know, sort of how he sort of looked at things. And it, it's interesting because it, this is what he's quoted as saying. And I haven't had a chance. It's from the Pardon My Take podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Uh, it says, quote, it's a hustle. We're losing money tremendously. This particular classic that you're talking about, first of all, why would two colleges need a promoter? Your two colleges and you have ADs 
Why would you need a promoter? That's number one. He goes on to say, is quoted as saying, secondly, I think the fee was like over 30 years, $6 million. That's peanuts. So by the time you take seven buses for the band, four buses for the players, a couple of buses for people, assistance, hotels, accommodations, food, you're out of that. And he goes on to talk about some other things. He goes on to say, the first thing we need to take care of as HBCUs is the business aspect of everything. And that's something we're changing right now. We're taking care of business. So I'm assuming, even though he references and says, the, and is quoted as saying, I got to say, I haven't listened, but he's quoted as saying, the first thing we need to take care of as HBCUs is the business aspect of everything. And that's something we're changing right now. We're taking care of business. So when he says HBCUs and then he says we, I'm assuming he's not talking about all HBCUs. I'm going to assume that he's talking about Jackson State solely. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to um, assume that because uh, each HBCU, I think, takes care uh, of its own business in the manner it sees fit in taking care of its own business. I think that's number one. Uh, number two, this is the issue. So now we have a lawsuit. SMC is suing Jackson State, but not only suing Jackson State, but also suing the SWAC and also has suit, in essence, against the state of Mississippi, in essence, because it's the educational colleges, uh, universities, colleges and universities, public, that make up the state of Mississippi. So they're also in this lawsuit. Now, what football scoop also has provided is the is Jackson State in their initial letter to SMC saying that they were going to opt out of the classic even for this upcoming year. This is the letter comes from uh, Jackson State University Division of General Counsel. And you can read all of this at footballscoop.com. It comes from Edward O. Watson, General Counsel. Uh, it's addressed to Mr. Fred Jones. It says, R.E. Notice of Termination, Southern Heritage Classic Agreement. It says, Dear Mr. Jones, on or about November 8th, 2019, Jackson State University entered into the Southern Heritage Classic Agreement with Summit Management Corporation relating to JSU's participation in the Southern Heritage Classic. Since that time, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, JSU's governing athletic conference, has entered into an agreement in which JSU's will participate in events that conflict with the Southern Heritage Classic Agreement. Said conflict presents JSU's participation in the Southern Heritage Classic, goes on to say, therefore, this correspondence shall serve as notice of JSU's termination of its participation in the Southern Heritage Classic and the agreement between the parties. We thank you for your attention to this matter. If you should have any questions or concerns regarding this notice of termination, please feel free to contact me sincerely, Edward O. Watson, General Counsel, and he signs it. So a couple of problems here. A, what a callous way to end in a, an in excess of 30-year agreement. Um, I get it. It's coming from the general counsel's office. You want to be generally with these kind of matters. You want to be brief and you want to be to the point. I get all of that. I hope 
that at least there was some if this since this did happen, there was some kind of communication between the university and SMC expounding on this and as to the reasons why and even going along to say we've really appreciated the partnership, all of those kind of things. Because, again, Jackson, you, we, you can go back to the part where where Deion Sanders says that all Jackson State received in 30 years was $6 million over the 30-year period, right? I don't think that's the case um, at all. I mean, even if that is the case, I think at the end of the day, that's something that Jackson State entered into, okay? That's number one. Um, It's just a callous way uh, to let SMC know after 30 years that you're just going to drop the classic like that. It's callous. You know, I really think that I, I, and and then on top of that, the second part of this is Jackson State in some manner, in some degree with this, throws the swack under the bus to me. I mean, you can, yeah, the swack is the governing body, but if you have contracts in place, and these contracts for college football games go back for, you know, go in, in, in the future four, five, six, seven, sometimes 10 years, you can get around that. So to say that it's basically Jackson State is saying it's the swack that's making us do this. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that that it's the swack. I think Jackson State's not taking onus of this, trying to shield itself by using the swack um, to to make this statement. I think I, I think that's in poor taste as well. I think you have a football coach also that is speaking for the university as a whole. Now, maybe that's maybe that's the way Jackson State has it set up. Maybe it has it set up where the president and the AD agree that Deion Sanders as the head football coach speaks for Jackson State. Uh I because this is this is not a this is not a football matter. Okay, that he's speaking about. This is a university, an athletics and a university matter. The football program is part of the Southern Heritage Classic. The Southern Heritage Classic is not just about the football game. So I, I would I would also say Jackson State, I would ask the question, Jackson State University, does Deion Sanders speak for you? Uh, because uh, that's generally not how it works. Football coaches and other coaches can have their opinions, but in this instance, you have – it looks like Deion Sanders is speaking for Jackson State. You know, where's the AD here? Where's the president here? How do the AD and the president feel about the Southern Heritage Classic? And by the way, had a lot of input, if not directly signed the contract that is going on for 2022, 2023, and 2024. So, you know, you got a very messy situation here. Uh, and now, as I mentioned, the state of Mississippi has its name attached to this lawsuit. Not a very good look. It's very much like I was talking about with respect to, you know, Kyrie Irving and, and, and uh, you know, going back a couple of weeks ago with, with New York City and the Brooklyn Nets and all of that. New York City don't care about the Brooklyn Nets. NYC is going to do what's best for the citizens of NYC. It's not about basketball. So it's sort of in the same regard here. Now you've got the state of Mississippi involved in this matter. I hope it gets cleared up. I hope um, that uh, we can come to some kind of understanding. I think SMC has a very good case. I think SMC is was damaged. I think its reputation 
damaged a bit by, in fact, the statements publicly that head coach Deion Sanders has made. That's all I'm going to say on that for now because that's all the time I have for today's program. Thank you to Corey Hardrick for joining us on the program. I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm going to be in D.C. checking out the Wizards and the Lakers game. I'll get to see the Lakers in person and can see what LeBron and the Lake Show is all about. Thank you for joining us today here on the program. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box Toro is produced by DW Communications. Who supplies all your needs and you said, I know.